What's up, guys? Welcome to episode seven of the SauceCast. Jack Taylor here, one of our best reps in the company right now. Jack, we are so stoked to have you on here. Thanks for being here, dude. Thanks, guys. I'm glad to be here. As well as we have one of your leaders, Chandler Rust, the director of the Vertex Org, the Vertex Vertical. Chandler, we're stoked to have you as always. Why are you excited to be here with Jack today? Oh, man. Well, thanks for having us, of course, Jake. Uh, stoked to have Jack here, one of my dearest friends. Um, and it's been so cool to see Jack perform this year. Um, he's definitely in the top 10% as far as company closers go. And so everyone is going to benefit from hearing about what Jack's secret sauce is today. I agree, dude, 100%. Jack, like I told you earlier today on the phone when we were talking for anybody listening to these that are new, I always do a phone call that day in the morning just to kind of fill out whoever's going to be on the guests a little bit more. I just want to make sure that everyone really feels who Jack is through the bio and everything else. And one thing I told Jack was I'm so excited for this sauce cast because I don't know Jack super well. I see him on the leaderboards every week. I see his team crushing it. I've seen him in the office a bunch. He won our ping pong tournament, took all the incentives back to back weeks. Like, I know Jack from an outsider looking in, but I don't know Jack from the inside out. And so I'm super excited to have him on here today. So, Jack, I know you're busy. You're in appointments like a madman. You're closing deals left and right. I appreciate you taking a small window of your time and gracing us with your presence. Oh, it, it is an honor to, to be here. It's a dream come true, to say the least. Hey, you made it. When you're on the sauce cast, I mean, I don't know if Chandler agrees with me, but in my opinion... When you make it to the sauce cast, I think that's a good, a good signal that you made it or that you're on your way <laughs> to making it. Definitely. I agree with that. So Jack, without further ado, I want to throw out your bio as we do. I want everyone to know who Jack Taylor is. And if anything is wrong here, feel free to interject. But from what I understand is Jack Taylor is 23 years old and from Davis County, Utah. So a local Utah guy born and raised there. He went to Beaumont high school where he played tennis and basketball and you ended up graduating in 2017. You barely graduated. Yep. They barely let you through. No, I'm just joking. You, you sailed through with flying colors as an athlete. And right after you graduated high school, you left on an LDS mission. And you went and served in North Carolina. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Was that English speaking, Spanish speaking? English, yeah. Just totally English. English. So you don't mm -hmm. speak Spanish? No, I don't. I'm envious of everyone that does, but not, not quite. The reason I ask you is because there are so many reps that like think that if you don't speak Spanish, you can't sell as much. And I want this to be a shot for everybody that's ever said that Jack Taylor has sold more accounts in the month of May than any rep Adam power. And he does not speak Spanish in one language, in one language, Una, the language of love, the language <laughs> of love. No, but Thomas that shows Thomas Moffat is my inspiration because in the summer when we did our costa rica trip um everyone was speaking spanish and i think me and thomas were like the only two that didn't speak spanish and so i was like if thomas can rip the way he can in english then i feel like i can as well dude i love that i think that's so true and oftentimes people are like oh if i can't speak spanish i won't close as many you will and you can thomas had 55 installs last year 55 installs around that mark and obviously this year you're going to be well over that probably, I would guess. And Jack's in a, in a Spanish area too. You know, he's outside the Bay, mm. you know, in kind of yeah. the suburbs. Those are 
very heavy Spanish areas. So it's not like he's in some lucky white, you know, suburbia where there's no Spanish. You know, he's 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 in it and he's doing great. Dang, that is so cool, Jack. So that's just some. That's a side note that wasn't in my notes. It's something I just barely thought of that I wanted to bring up. Well, another side note too that's on here. I just I I know Jack went to high school with my wife, and that's how we have a connection, and, mm -hmm. and we become great friends. And he's he's probably the most humble people I know, honestly. And so it doesn't surprise me that he hasn't really talked about this much, but he was actually a, like one of the best tennis players for his grade in like the state of Utah. What? So Jack. nobody really knows this, but he's like a, I think like a, like a state runner up. I like got second place multiple times in the state of Utah for tennis. Is I, that right? <laughs> I mean, I have four second places in state. So <laughs> Jack, dude. You failed to mention that when you decided to tell me, yeah, I played tennis. Like You failed to mention that He's like four times in a row. You were a <laughs> freaking hell of a tennis player. That is so cool. Wasn't it to the same person every time, too? No, it was it was actually a different person every single time. Oh, okay. I played, no the, way. I played the same times in like the different state tournaments, but yeah, different person in the finals every time. So. Wow. That's amazing, Jack. Well, this year, I hope you don't get second place. I hope that you get rep of the year <laughs> this year, dude. You deserve it. I know. It. That's following me my entire life. So, No, you deserve it, dude. Jack, you're a winner. Don't let anybody tell you different. You're a winner. Thanks, Chan. <laughs> Moving on. That's such a cool stat. So, Jack, you played both basketball and tennis in high school. Again, graduated, went on a mission. After you came home from your mission, you ended up getting married pretty quick, about six months after getting home. Yep. Uh-huh. I could probably take a page out of that book. There's probably a lot to learn there. And then after <laughs> you got married, you moved to Provo, and you were living here just going to school and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, we got we got married and then came here, and then we just started hanging out with Kennedy and Chandler just because me and Kennedy were really good friends. And so that was right when Chandler and his whole team at Greenix were making the transition over to Empower. And I was like in a position where I wanted to sell somewhere. And so I kind of just jumped on the bandwagon. Wow. So it's true that Kennedy is a better recruiter than Chandler. Wow. Yeah, Kennedy, did, Kennedy did a great, great work. While we were learning about <laughs> it, it was mostly – Sid and Kennedy talking and me and Chandler on the outskirts and it all worked out. So it's, I mean, he's not wrong. In fact, half of, half of my group came from Kennedy. So Josh Wolfer and Dallin Hale, that entire org, org yeah. came from Kennedy. That is so amazing. Crazy. But Jack, we're so happy you're here. And since you've been here, I mean, you're a second year up at Empower now and you have had a crazy, crazy year. And the reason I'm so excited for this podcast is because I think you're going to be very relatable. I think to so many people, you're going to be very relatable for your first year experience as well as your second year experience. Because your first year, you were kind of an average Joe, right? If we're just going to be honest, as far as your yeah. stats go. It's not in a demeaning way or anything, but as far as your stats go, you literally ranked about average. And this sure. year, you are literally leading the company. As of right now, as far as sold deals currently, you know, and so that's such a crazy adjustment, which is why I think it's going to be so cool for everyone to listen, because there's going to be so many first year sales reps that might be kind of struggling and thinking, should I do this again next year? What could I do better right now? How did Jack do it? Like, just, I would love to listen to this podcast and learn from you if I was a first year rep, 
because currently right now you have sold 42 deals already. Since you went out and sold, since you started selling this year, I went back, I looked at your data, you have 42 sold deals. You currently have 13 installs and you have a ton in the pipeline, like many, many more in the pipeline, which is insane because again, last year you had nine installs. You already have 13 with so many in the pipe that I can't imagine what you're gonna do this year. On top of that, you're now leading a team. And not only are you leading a team, you are leading one of the best teams at Empower right now. You guys were number two in the top 10 list last week, right behind the number one team with a huge team. And on top of that, you've had a four week streak, which means that you've been on the top 10 list for four weeks back to back to back to back. There's 52 teams in the company and you are currently number two out of 52 last week and been on that list 10 or four weeks in a row. Like that's an accomplishment. The whole Brentwood office should be celebrating. I hope they listen to this and you have led that charge. So Jack, it's so exciting to have you here. I can't wait to hear more from you and learn from you. And that's why you're such a perfect candidate for the SauceCast. So we really appreciate you being on, dude. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Chan, anything you'd want to add on that bio? Or is that pretty, is that fair? It's pretty fair. It's pretty accurate. I think, I mean, just to emphasize the fact that the Brentwood office is probably one of the biggest teams of the company. I think they average between 18 and 20 reps um, week to week. And mm -hmm. so for them to be on the top 10, you know, four weeks in a row now is pretty incredible. Like that's statistically, it's hard to do with that totally. many reps, give them all a deal. And for that means Jack has to worry about 18 to 20 people getting a deal to have over one CPR, which he does. This last week, they got 23 deals. So he made sure not only everyone got a deal, but a few people got multiple totally. deals, right? No, and that's why I'm stoked because you are not only helping yourself a lot this year, but you're helping other people. And so Jack, jumping into some questions, if you've listened to the sauce cast, everyone knows our first question always is, what is your secret sauce? It's the reason we named the sauce cast what it is. Jack, what makes you tick, dude? What's any tips or tricks that you feel like you've learned that separates you from the pack? What is Jack Taylor's secret sauce? Yeah, I mean, as I've been listening to the podcast, I've like kind of thought about what my answer would would be for a question like this. Um, but kind of to break it down, I feel like what's worked really well for me, um, especially as opposed to last year, is uh, focusing more on task-oriented objectives rather than ego-oriented objectives. And I can kind of explain what I mean by that. So um, basically a task a task-oriented objective and an ego-oriented objective are entirely different. An ego-oriented objective is very outcome-based. Um, it's something that's seen from the outside. Uh, an example of this would be like, I want to go and I want to win this tennis match. You know, a task-oriented objective is a lot more specific. It's all within your own personal control, and it's not outcome-based. It's based off what I'm doing right now. So, just to kind of give an example to understand it better, if I were playing in a tennis match and I wanted to set an ego-oriented objective, like I said, it would be I want to win this match. If I wanted to set some task-oriented objectives, it would be I want to come to the net every time I get a short ball. It would be, I want to hit my forehand out in front of me every time that the ball comes right there. It's just little things that I can fully control. I can't necessarily control if I'm going to win or not, but I can control the effort that I'm going to put in order to get there. 
And so I just, I realized as I was learning about this, how applicable it is to sales, because let's be honest, it's a very ego oriented uh, environment. It's all, we're in a group chat where everyone's sending bills in. Um, I think we've all had that moment where we're just like, I don't even care if it's a crap bill. I just want to get a bill so I can send it in and like feel about myself, you know? Totally. And all of it is based off of outcomes. I want to get this many closes this week. I want to get this many closes on the year. And I think that what's difficult about that is ego-oriented objectives are focused on outcomes that lie in the future. And that's also where fear and doubt can also exist. And so for me, I've tried really, really hard to implement just task-oriented objectives, focusing more on things that are fully within my own personal control. And so a big one this year has been like, I used to think about like how much I was going to make on specific deals last year. And I would get super, like if a deal fell through, I thought that my entire world was going to end and different things like that. But now I'm just more focused on what's within my control. I'm going to close this deal. If it like something happens with it, it's fine. As long as I do everything I can to like within my control, it's, it's going to be okay. Rather than focused on those outcomes that you can't necessarily control. I don't know if that makes sense. Dude, not only does that make sense, but that is sick. Seriously, that is such a cool concept. I actually never, I understand that concept. I've heard it before, but I've never heard it called those things. That's really cool, man. And you might have answered our second question, which was last year you were a very traditional rookie with about 10 installs. And this year you've, you've been far, far above average. What's the difference between Jack Taylor year one at Empower and year two at Empower? Is that what you would say? Is that the same answer? Like you've changed I your mean, mindset, you've you've totally focused on tax things, not ego things. Yeah, I mean, I can, I, I guess I can kind of go a little bit deeper too. The main difference between this year and last year, 100% is just my mindset. My mindset looking back to last year, um, it wasn't in the place where I was kind of setting myself up for the most success. Um I follow this this guy named Craig Manning. He's a mental strength coach for the Bucks. He was a mental strength coach for the, the Jazz. And he kind of talks about this model that has really resonated well with me. Um, and it's basically a model for high performance. And the model is revolved around uh, four different intelligences. So you have your spiritual intelligence, and then you have um, your emotional intelligence. And then you have your mental intelligence, and then you have your physical intelligence. And so these four intelligences, what they're coming to find is in high-performing athletes, high-performing you know, salesmen, businessmen, whatever it is, there are some that will excel you know, really highly in, say, one or two of the intelligences. But what they're finding is that in order to achieve really high performance, you need to kind of have all four intelligences under control. And so kind of walking through the way that that works. So your spiritual intelligence, that's what gives you your why. That's what gives you your purpose, whether you're super religious or believe in like a higher power, whatever it is, that's what's going to give you your purpose. So whether it's people that pray or meditate or whatever it is, that's what's going to help you give you your why and your purpose. Um, and then your purpose, like knowing why you're out here, um, what your goals are, that is going to let you have a, kind of like a design, live a life by design, not default. 
type of thing. You're beginning with the end in mind. You're creating your life for yourself. And so um, that leads you to the second intelligence, which is your emotional intelligence. And your emotional intelligence is uh, what gives you your motivation. It's kind of like the engine of a car. And if you have, say, your, uh, your first, the spiritual intelligence, which is your purpose, say that's like a map that's guiding you to where you want to go. And then the emotional intelligence is kind of like the engine. If you don't have that map there in the first place, you don't know your why, that engine's probably just going to go take a drive and then end up right back at your house. They don't really know where to go. And the emotional intelligence can also be paired perfectly with just motivation. It's, it's your motivation. Your why is going to give you your motivation. It's kind of, it's kind of like when you set a new year's resolution and you get really excited and like passionate about the goal, that's kind of your energy that you need the emotional intelligence, your emotional intelligence. It's kind of like the engine, that motivation, you have to be passionate about um, the things that you're doing. And that's why it's important to start with your spiritual intelligence, which is your why, which takes you to your emotional intelligence, which gives you that motivation. And then that leads you to your mental intelligence. But mental intelligence goes beyond, you know, emotions, and it actually addresses the thoughts and behaviors that affect the overall quality of your life. Um, Mental strength and mental intelligence involves developing daily habits that build mental muscle. Um, It also involves giving up bad habits and, and things like that. And so all of these are are tied together and they all work towards the most important thing. So it goes your spiritual intelligence to your emotional, to your mental, and that all leads to your physical intelligence, which is doing. And, you know, doing is the most important thing. And it's really easy for people to get all caught up in the different, you know, mental and emotional aspects of this job. But what's the most important part is just going and, and doing. And I think the reason that this has been huge for me is just because a lot of people, they'll say, you need to know your why. You've got to know what your why is, and that's going to lead you to your actions and your results. But they kind of leave out the emotional and the mental part of it. And I think that uh, when it comes to your physical intelligence and actually doing, um, it's it's all about just not procrastinating it's being able to focus on the task that's at hand. And that's why I really like these task-oriented objectives because it doesn't focus on the outcome. You're not weighed down by, oh, I didn't get this amount of closes this week. You're, okay, I'm, my task-oriented objective is I'm going to go work this many hours. I'm going to go and I'm going to knock this many doors. So I think one of the best like doers, and um, I didn't even know that much about like Jerry Seinfeld until listening to this podcast, but... Um, He's just a super famous comic. I think he he's worth like two hundred and forty seven million dollars or something like that. And wow, um, there was a, a younger comic that was trying to learn how to be a comedian and stuff. And he saw Jerry Seinfeld backstage at uh, a show or something. And he asked him, like, how is it that you have been so successful? Like, what is it that you've done in order to achieve everything that you've achieved? And Jerry just said well, in order to tell good jokes, you need to tell a lot of them. And when you do that, you'll be able to filter out the ones that are good, the ones that are bad. And so I write down a hundred jokes every single day. And no matter what, I will write down a hundred jokes. And 
he said over the course of several, several years, that is what has, you know, made it so that I'm so successful. And so that's a, a perfect example of somebody not procrastinating and doing every single day. And it's a task oriented objective that's fully within his own control, writing down jokes. And so I think that's just Jack. Yeah, go ahead. What would you say is the, what would you say is the most common task oriented objective to give yourself? Like one, this, what's one thing every single day that you're doing that you're like, that task has to be done. I got to do it. I, one that I really try super hard is, um, do everything in my power to make this close a conversation. I would say like within my control, like I want this close to be a conversation. That's been one of my biggest things I've tried to focus on this year. Uh, do everything that is within my power to do that. Sometimes people are really quiet, introverted. So it's, a little bit harder, but that that is one that I give myself quite a bit. And another one I would say is when there's a lot of appointments going on, it's really easy to be like, okay, I've hit three appointments today. I have this other appointment right now. It's kind of easy to say blow it off or not really give it your all. Um, but a, an objective that I've given myself is like, I'm gonna give it my all in every close that I go into. You know, even if it's my fifth close of the day and like I'm exhausted and something that's really helped me with that is uh, recognizing like all of our setters and stuff. I've been in a position this year where I've just realized like the, the emotion behind each deal. And I think it's motivated me a lot realizing that this deal isn't just for me, like this deal is for somebody else, too. So I want to give my all to that. And honestly, that is always within my control. Um, I can't always control the outcome, but I control control the effort that I give. The effort. Jack, I want to take a second and unpack all this. Like you have seriously been just dropping bombs of wisdom on us this whole time. <laughs> I think Chandler and I are sitting here like, dang, this guy is legit. This guy knows what he's talking about. And a few like thoughts that I've had that just came to my mind as you've been speaking is, for one, it's very evident in my opinion that you were an athlete the reason I bring that up is because you took something that you maybe weren't great at right like I don't think that last year anyone would be like man Jack is just like this crazy salesman you know like I don't think anyone would say that and you took something that you're like you did well you didn't do bad or amazing you did well and you're like what do I need to do to go from here to here Right, like, what do I need to do from go from point A to point B? Which point B is freaking tons of success, right? Yeah, I was gonna say something else, but that's like tons of success. And you've changed your whole mental mindset. Yeah, like you've literally gone from being emotional to logical. Like what I heard was year one I was emotional, year two I was logical. Yeah, I think a big part of it too that's helped me is um, just that emotional mental aspect of it. I mean, I struggle. I struggle actually pretty bad with uh, like anxiety and um there are a, a lot of times especially last year where my anxiety like would 100% get the best of me when it came to closing when it came to knocking doors and I think that's kind of an aspect of the job that just isn't talked about a ton um I wish that mm -hmm. I was like those guys out there that can just rip like none other and they're just like mentally just powerhouses but I'm not like I've just kind of had to put in a lot of work to make it so that my mind is in a place where I can have success. And a lot of that has 
been having to realize what thoughts are making me feel this way. And what I realized it was, it came down to was a fear of rejection and um, a fear of rejection mostly. And uh, basically like those feelings of anxiety before you go on, on the doors. And so in order to get rid of that, I've just had to, it's kind of like exposure therapy when they learn that somebody's like has a fear of something, they'll expose them to like snakes or spiders, like whatever it is, uh, they'll, they'll expose them to them. And so as I've been exposed to like more appointments and even though like I might feel this like terrible anxiety, just going and doing it anyways, that exposure has made it so that that's, it's um, a lot less. And part of it too, is just trusting myself and not letting my thoughts get the best of me. Uh, because a lot of times, like the thought of something bad happening, like the anticipation of the fear almost is actually worse than the bad thing itself happening, if that makes sense. And so totally. I think a lot of times reps will sit there and they'll just be like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? But it's like, if you were to go and that actually happened, you'd be fine. It's not like you're going to die. And so if you can just skip right to it, that's a lot better. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but that worked for me. I think that's so applicable because I would assume that nine out of 10 reps at Empower feel exactly how you feel. Like, I don't think it's weird or abnormal that you were anxious when it came to knocking doors, that you were anxious when it came to rejection. Like, that's not normal for anybody. You know, like the humans, we don't like to be rejected. We don't like to be told to go away. We don't like to do hard things like anyone, myself included, when I was selling it, I remember having that anxiety of like, dang, I hope this door doesn't tear my head off type of thing. You know, like, I hope these guys are nice. I hope this appointment makes it happen. I hope this, this works out, whatever it is. And so I think that's really cool. You're able to overcome that, to learn and to overcome that. Yeah. And so one thing I want to like kind of hit on for a second is you talked a little bit about the things you do in closes. You talked a little bit about like every close I go to, I give it my all, which anybody listening to this, they're probably like, dude, what the heck? How would you not give it your all? But it truly does happen when you go to appointment after appointment, after appointment, after appointment, it wears on you. Like I remember that feeling and it's a, little, it's a lot different than just self-jetting and having one appointment a day or something, right? right. And, and so that's something that definitely like, I, I agree with you on that. The second thing you said about every single appointment you go to, you don't only give it your all, but you're excited about it. And you just say, hey, I'm gonna make this a conversation. If that's all I can do is I'm gonna make it a conversation. I feel like those were two great points. What are other things you do inside the home? What are other things you do when you're sitting down with a homeowner? Yeah. And how does it usually look like for you during appointments? Kind of to expound upon um, like in home, what I feel like has helped me. I remember listening to one of the podcasts from last year with Carson Law. And he talked about how his decks, like something got messed up in the equations or something. And he was forced to just go into the sit and just make it a conversation. And then that was when he really found his groove. And so before this year, I wanted to make like a pretty strong effort to make my closes more of feel more like a conversation. And so my best closes, I feel like are ones where I've normalized the question asking process enough that it's just a normal conversation. I'm asking, or they're asking me a question about things that they have questions about. 
and then I'm able to just respond with an answer in the form of a visual aid on the deck. Whereas last year, it was me kind of just, here's this slide, here's this slide, here's this slide. And what I noticed was at the end of every close, it was, this is great, but I want to think about it. And I've noticed that as I've made it more of a conversation, I feel like it's a lot easier to fully address what their actual concerns are and totally get rid of them. And then by the end, when you're asking, you know, what are your thoughts? Like, should we see if you even qualify? Um, I try to do everything I can to be in a position where when I ask that question, they're going to say yes. So it's kind of like you're probably helping them think, like do that thinking in the conversation, right? Whereas last year, you know, they, you ended your little presentation and they went home and they, they stayed there and kept thinking about it. Whereas this year you're helping them think through that process by having that conversation. And then by the end, they've thought through it with you and you've helped them through that thought process and they're just ready to get qualified. Is that about right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Dude, Jack, that's the way you're supposed to sell. Like that actually is selling. And that's what we want every rep to do is to talk, have a conversation with somebody. That's all this job is. It's like, if you take everything else away, strip it all away, just have a conversation. I remember when I was selling, there was oftentimes I would have to be in homes where there wasn't really anywhere to put my computer and there wasn't really anywhere to sit down, which I'm sure we've all had that experience, right? Or there's dogs everywhere or cats or animals or like, it's just, there isn't really an opportunity to do it that way. And I walked the first couple of times that happened to me. I remember walking into it and thinking, shoot, what am I going to do? Like, where do I put my computer and how do I have my perfect process? But those were the conversations or those were the appointments that I just had literal conversations because that's all I could do. And they always worked out. I think if every rep just felt a little less pressure and had conversations, then they'd, it'd be a lot better experience for them. Yeah. One of my, my favorite books is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And in it, he just talks a ton about how people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another thing that has helped me a lot this year is determining not only just like my why of why I'm doing sales, but my why of why I'm selling solar, like this is my specific thing that I'm doing. And I feel like when you genuinely know your why, it connects on an emotional level with somebody and they're not going to buy what you're selling. They're going to buy why you are selling it. And so that's been a huge point for me. And in order to like kind of radiate uh, a good feeling towards them and be able to radiate that I am doing this actually to help you. I'm doing this actually because like I know this is going to benefit you in your life. That's also come from a lot of like, I think, personal development when you're investing in yourself and when you are doing things in your personal life that are going to help you in your sales, then it's only going to benefit. One of my favorite quotes is uh, it's not in the times of hard test or trial that character is built that's only when it's displayed but your Mm. character is fashioned in the uncommon um workplace of life and so it's kind of in those uneventful mornings where your character is being developed and you're kind of structuring why you're doing what you're doing and then when you go out and you're selling that's when you're kind of displaying all of that Dude, that is so sick. I love that quote. I've loved every part about this podcast, dude. We've had a few technical difficulties. So if you're listening, there might be some weird edits here and there, but 
you have dropped so many things that I keep on thinking in my head. If I was a sales rep, I'd use that. If I was on the doors, I'd do that. And so that's so cool, Jack. And that's probably why your team is doing so well. And I want to talk about that for a second. The Brentwood team has been on a tear. Let's just say it how it is. They've had four weeks in a row on the top 10 list. They are huge and they're throwing down huge numbers. What is it about Brentwood? Why is Brentwood so special right now? What's happening? Give us some, like pull the curtains back and let us know why is Brentwood so good? And if I was a team lead, how can I help my team do that same thing? Could you imagine though, a team meeting led by Jack Taylor oh. after listening to this podcast? No, I can't even fathom. <laughs> like, they ask any me. question and he's like, oh dude, I have I an have answer for you. <laughs> and four books for you to read. Yes. Ready like, to go. There's no shortage of information. It's a fountain of wisdom. <laughs> it literally is. I love Jack for this, dude. So Jack, pull back the curtains, dude. Why is Brentwood so sick? I mean, honestly, I like, I wish there was like a huge secret sauce or anything, but I really have just got super, super uh, blessed with our team that we have. And somehow the combination of like everybody that's on our team, the personalities and, and everything just really are the perfect, uh, the perfect combination for success and the culture is kind of like dialed exactly where i was like hoping it could be we've had a few people um like kobe uh my good friend smith that just came over from greenix with uh him and some of his guys um breck raven like some of these guys that have stepped up like as major major leaders uh throughout the team and it's just been super awesome to watch everybody like step up and and help each other i love that dude so you feel like right now it's very synergistic there's lots of love people are helping each other people care about one another it's a group effort yeah i i really really liked the idea of the pareto principle um like the the 20 percent like you want to focus on the top 20 percent and then that 20 percent are going to help you know lift the other 80%. And so that's, that's kind of a principle that I had heard about before uh, leading the team. And I was like, all right, I, I want to kind of look to the top 20%, see if I can delegate to that 20% and then they can help lift, you know, the other 80%. And what I noticed as the year started is that was just something that was naturally happening. A new rep would come out and, you know, you already have somebody going and knocking with them without me saying anything. And, you know, you just have people willing to help each other. I think another huge thing is just setting hard expectations at the beginning. Like this will not be a negative place. Like we're not going to have any, any bit of negativity. And if you want to be negative, like you are going to be the outsider. Like you're, you're not going to be like in with everybody else because everybody else mm -hmm. here is really positive and they're helping each other. Um, we have a lot of different like charismatic personalities that like on the streets may not be friends with each other, but it's kind of like an environment where everybody's friends with everybody just because everyone, you know, wants to help each other and knows that that's kind of the culture we want. That's awesome, dude. I love it. Jack, it's been so cool to hear from you again. Everything you said has been on par the Pareto principle, I don't know who would ever teach something like that, but that sounds like a great thing to learn. <laughs> like truly, dude, you have just been awesome to listen to. And one thing I want to like close up with is you're a fountain of knowledge, right? 
do you study every day? Do you listen to podcasts? Like what's your self-development look like? Um, yeah, I think, you know, one thing actually about empower that I've just absolutely loved is, and this, I'll answer your question, but just kind of the preface, I feel like empower has helped me transition from like living a life where it's like, okay, I should do this because like, this will make me good money. Like I should go get a finance degree and I should go and go down this certain path. Um, but it's went from a, it's taken me from a perspective of what I feel like I should do to what I actually want to do. And the things that I'm like really interested in are more of like, how can someone achieve like high performance? Like, what does it take mentally to like achieve high performance in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a sport or sales or whatnot, like those are the things that actually really interest me. And so my like, I feel like Empower has totally shifted my mindset to, okay, what's a job where like, that's something that I could work towards to doing like actually what I really like and what I love instead of just like, well, I guess I'll do this because this is what I <laughs> like I've grown up thinking that maybe sure. I should do, you know? Totally. And so, so every day are you spending 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour? Like how much time do you spend in learning and growing? Cause it seems like yeah, you're just that was, full of information. That was, question that, I went back <laughs> that was your question that I didn't fully even answer, but yeah, it's made it so that I'm like focused more on like, I love the idea of self-development. I love the idea of achieving high performance and so this job has given me an environment where it's like i'm literally doing that every single day and i think for me it's a lot of having a set morning routine has helped me a, a ton and listening to podcasts listening to books whenever i can i've it's gotten to the point and it's probably like this job that's done it to me but it's gotten to the point where if i'm listening to something like just for entertainment like I feel like I don't want to listen to it. I feel like I want to listen to it if it's actually going to benefit me, if it's actually going to benefit like our team, you know, what, whatever it is. And so I think that that's kind of a little bit of just any free time that I have to listen to something that's going to help me develop as a person is, is great. I think these podcasts are really helpful too. That last, the last podcast with uh, Diego and Thomas and Jace was just like, so so good that's awesome dude well jack that's so so sick dude i can tell that you're studious i can tell that you are continually trying to improve which is empower a nutshell right have financial freedom have individual growth try and improve try and get better and you're doing all those things jack how's this year going to wrap up for you at the end of the year are you going to be on stage for anything are you going to have some installs is your team going to be anything special Chandler always talks up Jack Taylor and the Brentwood team. He's a huge believer <laughs> from your point of view, dude, what are your goals? What are you going to achieve? Yeah. I mean, it's been tricky because I'm, I'm just like, I just need to, I just need to achieve those task oriented objectives. One of my favorite like videos is in those, that Mamba mentality, you know how they always have those, mm -hmm. uh, just Kobe competitions. Yeah. Uh, and one of them, they're like, so Kobe, like, aren't you feeling like, you know, a little excited after this win or whatever? And he's like, 
why would I be excited? And they're like, well, you just like got like a pretty big win. And he's like, have we won like the championship? Is like, is it over? And they're like, well, no, but aren't you excited? He's like, no, I'm not. Like, he, <laughs> he doesn't really show anything until he's like, until it's, it's there. And so right now I, I'm just going to keep trying to, you know, do the, the task oriented objectives that I have at hand. Um, I for sure like want to have 50 installs this year. I want to help my team like there's like I think a lot of our team could also get there at least the you know the Mexico trip and so I think a lot of it is going to be just like making sure that they are able to you know make as much money as possible kind of I just want them to have the same uh have empowered help them like formulate kind of a vision for life in in the same way that it has for me on a leadership retreat we did like the discussing your five-year goals and stuff uh two years ago like I wouldn't have been able to really give any accurate answer on what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do in five years but now like I feel like I actually this has given me a really good framework and so um I just kind of want that for everybody else too hopefully they can find find it as well I love it, dude. Dude, Jack's going to be the leader of Door to Door Con 2.0. He is. He 100% is. <laughs> so, Jack, we've loved having you on. Chan, is there anything else you want to throw out there or say? No, this has been awesome, Jack. Thanks for everything you do for our organization and for your team. You're an excellent leader, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. This was definitely a, definitely a surprise for me. So, I appreciate no, it. Dude, and I want to echo that from a bigger point of view. Like, for the Vertex org, you've been awesome and for Empower, you've been great. Mm -hmm. Like you truly have. And so from the bottom of my heart, I'm grateful for guys like you. I'm grateful for guys that get up, try their best, work hard every freaking day and see huge, huge success. And that's why I do this job. That's why China does this job. It's for guys like you. So Jack, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on here and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you later. All right. See you, Jack.